Hey, welcome to episode four of Tangible Takeaways. We're so glad that you're here. I'm Jackson, and I'm gonna tell you today why you need to fix the leaks in the boat. Hi, uh, you guys, my name is Todd. It's a privilege to get to be here with you today, and I'm gonna tell you how the escalator is always moving. All that and more in this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Hey, this is episode four of Tangible Takeaways. We're so glad that you're here with us. Uh, let's dive into it. Here with my pops. Glad to hey, have buddy. you here. I'm so glad to get to be here with yeah, you. Yeah, welcome to Tangible Takeaways. You're an avid Tangible Takeaways watcher. I am. So watched far. all the episodes. Watched, it's only three. So well, it's, I bet I'd say it's probably me and four other people. Yeah, We've seen them yeah, all. Yeah, that's it. You and just a few. <laughs> you and a few. So uh, you worked here at HCC for a while. Um, what are you up to now and what's life looking like? Yeah. So I had just an amazing 14 years here as in various roles, family ministry, uh, one of the maps and uh, campus pastor at the original campus of Victorville. And um, for the last almost five years, I've yeah. been lead pastor at Trinity Church in Redlands. Hey it's an evangelical free church as far as denominations go. And, and uh, just uh, like every church, right, in COVID, just trying to figure out how to keep leading through a lot of change. Yeah. And how to keep... Shifting goalposts and exactly. stuff like that all over yeah, the place. Yeah, all the time. But I'm really grateful. I feel like we have great uh, elder board and a great set of... Uh, staff, ministry staff that are doing a great job of flexing yeah. and really just trying to do the best we can, figure yeah. it out on the fly. Yeah, little so bits by there. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. Well, it's good to have you back with us. Thank and, you. So uh, glad to be here. Always fun to hang out. So uh, you were talking this weekend about we're in, what is this, the seventh commandment seventh now? Commandment. So seven weeks deep into tablets and we're looking at adultery and trying to unpack that and really kind of talking in the almost the preventative sense yeah. of trying to say how do you affair proof your marriage sure so maybe there's not there's not an affair there's not adultery in your marriage yet but how do you avoid that and exactly. how do you stay ready to understand like dude I might be susceptible to this my marriage might be susceptible even though I wouldn't think it would yeah. so what would you say in preparing for talking especially at that angle with that commandment what would you say would be most was most difficult in preparing for the message yeah that's a great question. I think that in some ways, probably two types of difficulties. One is, I think sometimes when we're talking to people about this topic, it's a hard topic. Yeah. Everyone's been affected by it either directly or indirectly, meaning mm -hmm. someone you know, maybe even happened in your home growing up, sadly enough, maybe even in your own marriage. Mm -hmm. So it's heavy and it, it yeah. just has such deep craters in families, what it leads to. So... This is a tough one on a lot of fronts, and it's and it's important that God got ahead of it, meaning His unique people of Israel. Um, they were going to go into a land where everyone was living all messed up. Yeah. So He's like, marriage really has a design. Got to stick with it. it. Exactly. Yeah. So I think on the one hand, it's probably difficult when you're trying to think through how do I communicate the importance of this to people who either a aren't married yet and go. I'll figure that out someday and or it just won't be an issue for it me, won't be an right? issue yeah, yeah and that's the second one i'm married now but you know we're doing great and we're attracted to one another just satisfied by each other no one's looking anywhere else and so it's a little bit hard to kind of go how do i help people realize that things that we're doing all the time mm. are either helping 
either even for those not married, helping me have an attitude of fidelity to a future spouse mm. or things that I'm currently in my marriage, things I'm doing that are helping me grow closer in that oneness relationship or things I'm doing that are pushing it away. Yeah. So it's almost like not very neutral ground even, and it's weird to you're say to someone who's not in one even direction or the other. Yeah, it's almost like when you're on an escalator and you're not walking and you feel like, well, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. You're getting carried somewhere. Yeah. You just got to walk against it. So it's some of those being time to really be upstream, proactive. Yeah. When people might not realize the need, that's yeah. hard. Would you almost say if you're not doing anything, like in that escalator analogy, if you're not doing anything, you're almost inevitably getting pulled apart. You kind of have to work against things that are pulling you apart. Totally. And I'd say because, A, the culture we live in, and I'm not over-dramatizing America's problems, it'd be true of any culture in yeah. 2021, is just we're hypersexualized and there's just so many, I think, almost kind of fantasy stuff out there that gets put as not a bad thing to daydream about, right? Yeah. But I yeah, think what's it's, the harm in that kind yeah. of a thing, right? Yeah. Where it's this kind of, well, you're not going to do it, but... Yeah. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to think about it or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. What that can, you know, we're not seeing the damage that can lead to. But I also think even if you were to say not in our culture or any culture today, what about a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago? And Jesus talked about this 2000 years ago. And he talked about looking at a woman lustfully is like committing adultery with mm -hmm. her. So meaning this is not because there's tablets, you know, screens yeah. that provide those images. This is a new thing. Yeah. It's been going on forever. And so the other problem is it's a heart issue, right? Mm -hmm. And how I can easily, it's interesting that this idea of, you know, this commandment, this word of thou shalt not, you shall not commit adultery, it bleeds over a lot to you shall not covet. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's coveting another person other than your spouse. And then you get into lying and stealing, right? All in this kind of, they all feel very connected. It's like, isn't kind of coveting, lying and stealing, isn't this all kind of tied into this adultery, this one that comes first, and then it almost kind of unpacks Ooh. it. Oh. Like here's kind of the layers yeah. to adultery. Here's the other following. pieces that go with yeah. it. Yeah, that's a great observation. So yeah, so it's just trying to help people who might not think this is important. Mm -hmm. um, realize there's a lot of importance and, and paying attention to signs in my own life are really significant. Yeah. Kind of make a big deal about that in the message too. I think another alternate title for this week's message could be Affair Proofing You. Because mm. sometimes we're trying to go, there's just so many parts about any relationship that's me and anyone else. Yeah. And even though this relationship, the Bible says, is more tight and intimate than any relationship Oneness. ever. Oneness. Yeah. It still takes two to walk it out, to walk it faithfully. So it's, yeah, it's a set challenge of going, how do we, how do I really take responsibility for what I'm really only responsible for? Yeah. Me, my actions, my attitudes, my behaviors, my uh, looks, you know, yeah. my heart, you know, all that stuff is stuff I have to own. Yeah. It's interesting because when we get on the topic of adultery, it seems like we're prone to find something to, to blame. Even if we're using that escalator analogy and it feels like something's going to move us if we're not doing anything, yeah. it'd be like, well, cultures, culture is going to be the thing that moves us or, well, somebody else is going to move towards me, right? Like, like we even think that when we yeah. think of this adultery thing, like somebody's going to come from me. But really the key issue is 
it's actually my heart that's pulling me on that escalator more than anything, more than culture, more than anybody else. And that's where that affair proofing you kind of comes in. Like I got to do some work on my heart because that's even Jesus's teaching is your heart's going to be prone to this. And so you need to be almost kind of guard railing your heart first before anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And then especially when you take that kind of personal ownership, you're also leaving, you're, you're intentionally then keeping out of the equation. It's my spouse's fault. Mm. That's just huge. We have yeah. got to get over that. And it doesn't matter where you come from or even what your, you know, biblical Christian beliefs are or not. I've just yeah. done too much marital counseling to realize that's where we get to. If only I was getting X in my marriage, then I wouldn't, then want. I wouldn't have. Yeah. And we just have to get over that, that I made a vow yeah. to my wife. And that's something I'm called to keep. It's not her responsibility. She has a responsibility in keeping her vow to me, Yeah. but I have all the responsibility to keep it to her. Yeah, so. yeah. That deepens it a lot in yeah. that heart area to say like, oh, this is a lot, this is a lot more real and personal to me. And kind of when you think of even the idea of proofing, right? Like I think about just the intentionality that has to go behind, I don't know, like the first ones that are coming to my mind are like soundproofing yeah. or waterproofing, right? Like when you soundproof a room, you got to place stuff in the right spots. And when you waterproof something, I mean, you don't want to put your phone in a pocket that says it's waterproofed and then it's not, you know, like you don't want to deal with that. So you hit those kind of snags where, uh, man, you got to put a lot of intentionality in proofing something. And even some of the things that are waterproof, like I'm thinking of like boats and stuff like that, those require constant maintenance to stay waterproof. You don't just do it once. Yeah, because they succumb eventually because the water is going to beat them over time if they're not continually repaired. Just imagine, you know, what is that using that boat? The boat is in the water. Mm. 100% connection, um, you know, proximity to that substance. All you need is a little leak. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's, it's not as though it's like, well, sometimes we're in the water. No, you're always in the water. Yeah. So that, yeah, that maintenance is a good way to say it. The threat is always there. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, uh, you know, I think people who don't, preach messages wouldn't know that sometimes, pretty much all the time when you're putting a message together, you find a bunch of cool or interesting things or even other examples in scripture or illustrations that seem really interesting or maybe even spoke to your heart a lot as you were preparing for it, but it just didn't fit in the flow of the message. What would you say were some things that you thought were cool, but they just didn't make the cut for the message? Yeah. I mentioned just briefly in the former covenant in the Old Testament, Yahweh uses these um, this illustration of adultery about the people of Israel. I just had to kind of mm. mention it, keep going. But man, if you just start plumbing that out a little bit, oh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, these prophets just, we could go on and on yeah. about references where it even is so powerful where God says, I wooed you to myself, mm. called you my bride. I, I, I created an environment that was safe for you, that was blessed, etc. But you have gone after other lovers, mm-hmm. as it were. And and then even personalized in the relationship with Hosea and Gomer. Yeah. Like literally, you're gonna marry a woman who's gonna be unfaithful to you. The adultery of my people personified. You're gonna like, live it out. Yeah. And you're gonna see the heartbreak that it is. And I just go, oh, that just is like a knife when you just start processing that out mm-hmm. and seeing what God, you know, wanted to communicate that in some ways couldn't communicate it any other way than a guy to live it and then a guy to write it. Yeah. You know, because Hosea goes on to say, here she is giving herself away 
to other people. And, and yet at the same time, the one who's really meeting her needs is me. Mm. And yet she's running after others. Yeah. So just so And these backwards. other people don't even want her best. No. And then just to this beautiful picture of ultimately what God does through Jesus, of then Hosea having to go back and buy what was his buy already, right? Exactly. Buying his wife who was his already. And he buys her back yeah. to provide for her again, because he wants what's best for her when all these other people selling her and things like that. She's using her. Just could care less. Yeah. yeah. So that just, those things, we didn't get to flesh out a lot more of, yeah. but the image of adultery at the relationship of the God to a follower to human being is powerful. And, and big spiritual parallels there. Yeah. And I, and I guess even weirdly saying not even human being, because God doesn't talk this way about other nations, mm. he talks about Israel, his people, right? So, yeah. and then we see that amplified again in the New Testament, Ephesians 5, what's a relationship as Christ, you know, Christ is that husband figure, the church is his bride. Yeah. So again, we see that same imagery again of this kind of marriage union that we have with Christ yeah. carried through into the New Testament. And again, didn't get time to flesh that out, but those are powerful. So it really is, it's not God saying in his word, all humanity, he has has a relationship with mm. it's with those he's called out those he's you know redeemed but yet run away yeah you know yeah. so yeah i think on that the other thing is uh, we were talking a little bit earlier um so this message intentionally is meant to be that more proactive upstream approach yeah but we just mentioned a couple times in the message that there are people watching today who in their own marriage have either or even recently have had this uh, reality of adultery enter into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I just felt bad we didn't get more time to go there. But I guess the thing that's on my mind the most, I loved my time at HDC for a lot of reasons, but one of them was it really shaped my view of God's design for marriage. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times that you develop that view is when you're doing marriage counseling. Yeah. And you're realizing with couples, now this is the rubber meets the road of the reality of how hard it's marriage practical is. Practical as we're going to get in yeah. talking about it. And so, you know, at HTC, if you interact with someone watching this, interacts with a pastor and they've got problems with communication or finances or how do we raise our kids or, or just uh, even lack of trust in some areas, mm. that HTC pastor is going to keep reminding you, man, outside of adultery and abandonment, God says, work it out. Stay in it. Don't give up. Yeah. But outside, outside of adultery and abandonment. And so one of the passages that we looked at briefly in the message was from Matthew 19. The, the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus, right? That can't happen. Yeah. Getting him in a philosophical debate about divorce. And Jesus, Classic be Pharisee move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beyond the text that I read, he goes on to say, that this is why, because God has developed marriage to be one flesh. Mm. That's why when you avoid that covenant, that, that vow to be involved sexually with someone else, you, you're breaking apart. Mm. And, and it's fascinating, man, Jackson, of all the, the marriage counseling appointments I've had, and I have sat down with individuals or couples that have just been heart-wrenching mm. to hear the issues they're going through and to realize that God's word says, don't give up. Yeah. Stay in it. When even as a human, as a pastor, I'd almost want to grant them the offended party. Like, I wish like, I could give you an out. Here's, here's, yeah. here's a get out of jail free, you know, card. But God's word doesn't give us that liberty. He says, stay out of bed. 
that's what really blows my mind. But yet for this, yeah, this offense, there's a severity of, to it. There's something unique about the the idea of being sexually involved with someone other than your spouse when you've made that unique commitment to mm-hmm. them. So um, we didn't get time to talk about if if you've experienced adultery in your relationship for some maybe listening maybe they're on the other side of it maybe they've received good counseling maybe they seem like we've mentioned the message that they bear the marks the scars of adultery but man god is still writing a beautiful story because it's been reconciled and Mm. they can move forward that's praise god that to me is just a modern day miracle and it's beautiful others listening though They've either had it and haven't really recovered or it's happening. And I would just say the best thing they can do, because remember what Jesus says in Matthew 19 is not, you should go get divorced. Yeah, he's not like, I'm I'm super excited about this option. It's yeah. it's not this recommendation of Jesus saying like, please do this. Yeah. But he's also saying, you're allowed to. It's allowable. Yeah. And I feel what I feel badly for people is if they don't know that and they feel like, if I don't know how I can go on, mm because of that violation of that particular kind of trust that they feel like maybe they're sinful they've they're sinning if they would pursue something of ending that marriage and just know the bible says that is this really one allowable that abandonment thing is such a unique thing from first corinthians 7. yeah but it's that unique reason why god would say you could yeah and so and i was telling you before i mean i I probably did marriage counseling with at least 100 couples when I was here, maybe more. And I can only think of one or two times I ever told someone, I think you need to pursue a divorce Mm. because the way that the, in this case, it was a wife who I was talking to and a husband that just kept circling in while he was just playing games with everybody else in his life Mm. and just affairs galore. But my point is, even if that's happened, man, go slow. So I would say if you're listening to this, and you're wondering maybe what if you're do? in that camp, am yeah. I in the, even though it's not recommended, am I in the permissible zone where it actually might be, this could be the best fit for me. Am I in that zone? Yeah. You'd say, take it slow. I'd say, take it slow. And I'd say, go sit down and talk to a pastor at HDC. Just sit down and just ask, this is what's going on. Give me some help. Cause I can't be objective, mm-hmm. right? When my yeah. world's crashing in, I can't see what's right and what's up and down, yeah. but get some help and let someone walk with you because there's all kinds of factors that go into that decision. Even though it's permissible, it doesn't mean it's always, this is what I should do. Yeah. So we didn't get to talk about that, but I would just want people to, to hear that part of it and not walk away. And for some who are listening, they actually have separated from a, a marriage over adultery. I wouldn't want them to walk away thinking I've done something wrong. Like yeah. I sinned against God by giving up on that marriage when I was biblically allowed to do so. And that's the beauty of the church is the ability to provide that kind of outside, hey, we're in this with you, let's evaluate it yeah. outside and be a resource and a help to you. And even even as we talk about the the fascinating parallel between spiritual adul- adultery and then this adultery in marriage relationship, how fascinating that Jesus is like, yeah, this is this is permissible for divorce, but then God in our spiritual adultery still pursues reconciliation yeah, with doesn't us. Doesn't give up on us. And and fascinatingly, I think what would be common between both of them is they require the repentance of the violating party for true reconciliation. Exactly. In our relationship with God, there's this need for repentance to be right with him. And similarly in this marriage relationship, through repentance, that 
relationship can be made right again, though it bears the marks, right? Yeah. And so just what a beautiful, like when you look at that parallel, you're like, wow, like that yeah. is so deep and rich. And so as we look at this and we're thinking through the lens of a fair proofing, or even as we're thinking through the lens of, man, do I fit in that category? That's even a really tangible thing to take away to say, man, go talk to a pastor if you think you might fit in that category. Go get somebody from the outside to kind of help evaluate. Yeah. What are some other practical deepening things that we can kind of walk away with and say, man, here's how I could a fair proof my marriage or yeah. a fair proof me at least. Yeah, no, that's great. So we, we've got some, you know, we talk a lot about the idea. It's up to you to keep finding satisfaction in your spouse. It's up to you to keep seeing the attraction that drew you together at the beginning and keep going after that. And it's also up to you to actively resist temptation. And that's like we talked about the escalator, it's coming, yeah. right? It's there already. Yeah. I don't have to tell anyone that, but I've got to work against the tide versus just giving way. Yeah, shape my thoughts of my spouse a certain way. Not that I'm living in a fantasy land that there's somebody that they're not, but sure. also that I'm saying, no, I'm going to push towards what's best about them and not be their greatest critic, but their greatest cheerleader and say, yeah. I love a lot of what's going on in our relationship and I love a lot about who you are. And yeah, maybe these things nag at me or bother me, sure. but these are the things I'm going to focus on. These are the things that are going to dominate my thoughts. I'm going to celebrate those things. Uh, like you said, internally be grateful. I just got off the phone with your mom the other day and I thought I'm the luckiest guy in the world. She's just so great. And just something she said in the conversation just encouraged me so much in that moment. I was just so grateful, but I need to tell her that. Yeah. Right. And that's the other yeah. part is that it's not only internally being grateful, mm. but it's verbally saying, hey, or or through other acts that demonstrate love to a spouse, I just appreciate you. Yeah. You know, and those are those are really important things because I think so many times we just re will have these epiphany moments. I've just not demonstrated my gratitude and appreciation of my spouse like I should. Mm. And I just want them to know. So it's it, that's mutually good, right? It's mutually good for you to say it. Yeah. It's mutually great for them to receive it. Mm. And so I just think that's a real practical building that into, you know, your marriage. I think in a weird way, and this is a fun thing getting to talk to you today about this, you know, when you were dating, we would talk about, hey, how's that going? And we'd have mm. candid conversations. How's how's the physical line in your relationship? And how mm. are you doing? And you're a leader in the relationship. So are you guarding that? We'd talk that way. What's fascinating is the passages that we looked at from Proverbs 5 and 7 yeah. are from a dad to a son, yeah. interestingly enough, to a married son. Yeah. And he's telling him, hey, definitely find great joy and pleasure in your wife, in mm -hmm. your marriage, and don't look any other place. And he's really encouraging yeah. that fidelity, really encouraging that oneness, but it's coming from a parent to a child. Now, a grown child, adult, yeah. you know, but I, I thought about that and I thought, man, that's beautiful, even our conversation today that we're getting to do that. But I thought about how cool that is for parents with kids at all stages. Mm -hmm. So meaning that they might have elementary age kids, let's say for a minute and kind of going, wow, it's really upstream. But man, to both model a marriage that your kids would want someday for themselves, as well as to be an open book, we can talk about stuff with our kids. That's really huge at mm -hmm. that level as they might begin. Not every kid begins dating in high school, but if they're dating in high school, man, really talking that through and talking through not just what to avoid, 
But to say the reason you're avoiding some things physically with someone you're dating is because of the beauty mm. of what you're going to get to enjoy yeah. someday married Cherishing to them or someone that. else. Yeah. So, you know, really having those candid conversations. I never want to hear the someone else. Yeah. I was like, no, it's, this I is know it. it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> it's totally true. Yeah. So um, I think that, you know, having that rich dialogue, is mm. it can be awkward. Yeah. And I'll say real honestly, in our experience, it is more awkward for the parent. Mm. I mean, I'd say it. It's, it's not like that's easy. And we, I didn't get a script. Yeah. I mean, a biblical principles, but it's not like tell your kid that, you know, yeah. ask this hard question, you know, yeah. but man, it's, it's the, who's the adult, right? It's on the parent. Mm. But then I would say, even when your kids are married, mm. right with you and sky and, and coming back and circling around and again, appropriately father yeah. to a son, but yeah. like, how's it going? Yeah. How are you treating her? How, how are you demonstrating the fact of how much you value and cherish her? Mm. Those are really great things to be prodded by an outside source who loves you, right? Yeah. You know, and knows you well. Yeah. And I wouldn't be asking that of just Pete on the street, but I'm asking you because mm. we have that connection and you are my son. And I kind of go, that's what Solomon models well in Proverbs. And I thought, man, it's really kind of cool to think about. He was telling this both how to treasure and cherish a spouse as well as how to stay away from the yeah. adulterous woman but he's talking to adult son yeah so and I it's interesting that was really cool solomon's almost using his bad example right exactly. he's saying like don't do what i don't did don't do what i did and then on the inverse how cool that for so many parents they get to use their positive example and uh and i think that's even a weird thing of saying like um, parents can can maybe feel uncomfortable with enjoying their spouse in front of their kids or their kids seeing that they still delight in their spouse. Oh, we have funny, plenty which, of great funny stories about which that. you and mom do not have a problem with. Um, but that, as weird as that is sometimes as kids, it at the same time is this great model of like, man, there is something about seeing, especially when we're talking about cultural forces surrounding us, seeing people as they age in their marriage continue to delight in each other. Uh, man, if you can model that to your kids, that has been gold for us as children to you and mom seeing that happen. Yeah. And I'm even thinking too through this proofing uh, lens, man, if there's leaks in the way that like you are looking at a spouse or something like that, then man, those leaks need to get patched up because even if they don't seem like a big deal, I think about all these, you know, you were talking about men's pure life and the, the resources that are there. I think about that leak of that just doesn't seem like a big deal to deal with pornography or things like that. I think of other leaks of uh, the, the movies that I watch or even the, the friendships that I have with the opposite sex and sure. things like that. To look at those things critically not trying to um not trying to be uh maybe so hyper vigilant that i'm you know i'm just overthinking every little aspect of my life but also to say i mean if there's a leak anywhere i don't want to treat any leak in my marriage as insignificant because what you made a great point of in the message is you don't get there in a day yeah. you don't get to adultery you don't get to cheating in a day uh the the leak begins to kind of fill the boat and it takes some yeah. time it's a thousand steps yeah you know, to it yeah and i and I, I i think that's so great jackson what i would say though too let's balance that a little bit so the best marriage is going to have cracks and leaks to some degrees so i think it's also being able to talk to your kids like mm -hmm. let's go back to that talking to your yeah, kids yeah. thing 
that because I think what what some parents might feel the pressure of, well, how do I then have mm. a, an exemplary marriage in front of my kids if that's not the the truth? If that's not the reality, and it's not the truth, like meaning no one has that yeah. all together. And so I think it's being able to have honest conversations first with your spouse, mm. and then being able to say, can we share this with our kids? Like mm. it's not always awesome, you yeah. know. And there's things that I've hurt you in, and you've hurt me, and it might not be related to adultery, but I mean, it's still kind of being able to have that real and honest image, you know, mm. and, and you yeah. guys, you've lived with us, you've seen, it's not uh, this perfect, you know, yeah. model, but what we're also trying to do in the midst of trying to model something, well, this is what we believe scripture says of what God wants in a marriage. It's also being honest where the shortfalls are mm. and being able to go, can we talk about that too? Yeah. And, and for kids so. to know that it's going to be, not only is it possible to delight in your spouse at whatever age, but then also that it's going to be hard too. Yeah. That there's going to be things about marriage that are just inherently difficult and are going to be challenging and are going to take work. I think both of those, modeling both of those, so there's kind of this realistic expectation as a kid where you're growing up seeing, okay, this is what marriage is like. Yeah. 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 Because that hopefully then will carry into there's a, a good degree of expectation on the one hand. I should expect to treat my spouse like Jesus would have me and mm. there's clarity in scripture, but I'm not gonna do that perfectly. Yeah. Because anyway, it's a sad thing to say, there's no one on the planet I have hurt more than your mom. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. But the reality is that's the reality of living one mm. is that we're just having that kind of in the closeness world. in everything we do. Yeah. And so the the things that are failures are there as well. Yeah. But I think in the midst of that, then it also gives kids a healthy perspective to go, okay, as I anticipate that I know it's going to be hard too. Mm. It isn't. It's not a walk in the park, but it's worth it. Yeah, and that's what we want to share. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for being on Tangible Takeaways, Pops. I Love appreciate it. it. Appreciate it's your wisdom. Enjoy living under it. This has been episode four of Tangible Takeaways. If you want to check out his message, uh, that'll be linked there in the description. Don't forget to uh, like it, uh, share it with, share, maybe share this video with somebody who could benefit from the conversation, uh, and subscribe so you don't miss any future Tangible Takeaways. We'll see you next week.